0: Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with Hank Owl. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? I'm good. Happy last uh, Sunday before uh, the end of spring break. Yes,
1: we, we started Spring Break with the Falcon the Winter Soldier podcast. We're gonna end it with the Falcon the Winter Soldier Podcast.
0: Indeed. And happy also Masters Sunday.
1: Oh yes. Something I care about deeply.
0: <laughs> now you you went to one Masters, right?
1: I if I do, I don't remember.
0: I think you did. I think you went to one.
1: It shows the with the, the well, level you were, of the level you were of young. That's probably true, but it also shows the level of uh the privilege
0: <laughs> well, that the, we're at. Well, we're very lucky. We you know, have a relative member who signed up for tickets in the late 70s, you know, and then finally came around. That's how long the master's waiting list for tickets is. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. The tickets themselves aren't, you know, terribly expensive compared to, you know, like a Super Bowl kind of thing. But, uh, well, yeah. the, the point was, I was
1: trying to get at is it's something big that a bunch of people would love to go to and I've went to it and I don't remember.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Well>, yeah. <laughs> All right. There we go. Uh, and you probably won't be invited back. <laughs> that's probably true <laughs> for saying that. Yeah, that is. <laughs> so we'll just edit that part out because I think uh, it'd be fun for you to go, even though you're not a huge golf fan. I think you do like the sport. Uh, you seem to, at least, maybe not watching it on TV, but you know, you seem to enjoy playing it. You know, the times that you do. Yes. And if that's uh, we, just we, we good like, f- we good like. I think like, that's fine.
1: We like manicured nature.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Manicured nature is my favorite form of nature. Nature that won't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's been going on in uh, in the world of entertainment? I've, I've not been keeping track on spring break. I've been off Twitter mainly, for the most part. And, I don't know, enjoying the beach. Well, uh, first off,
1: I guess this is not the, the thing we're actually going to be talking about. But, this is crazy to me. Like, with the... With a 24-hour entertainment news cycle that we often like to complain about. <laughs> How many stories, like, you won't hear about just because there's so many other things? What I'm speaking of is uh, when I was looking through news stories to, to find something to talk about, I like to do that. Usually there's uh, there's something that, that that pops out, and there is this time. But, like, these are some of the more minor stuff I found that I feel like should have made it to <laughs> me without radar. me looking at it. Um, apparently there's this video of like mini Marshmallow men for the next Ghostbusters movie, the one with kids.
0: Uh, so like a, like a marketing kind of thing. Is that what you mean? Like many, what do you mean by, do you mean M A N Y? There are many of them or mini as in tiny
1: M I N I. Okay. They're like tiny marshmallow people.
0: Like it's like for purchase or walking around or what do you
1: like? A part of the movie I don't understand. is going to be tiny marshmallow people Oh,
0: in the movie itself. Yes. Oh okay, all right. That could be. I don't know. Why are we? Why do we know that? I don't know. Why is somebody telling us that? Shouldn't There's there be a video, a nice, There's a video of that
1: here. There's a clip.
0: <sighs> well, this is what we complain about. Like exactly. why? Why does that it doesn't get me excited about the movie? Yeah, it makes me annoyed that I know that. Like what a nice thing! What what a fun thing to have experienced myself as a
1: surprise. All right. Here's another thing. It's apparently Phoebe Waller Bridge is going to be the female lead opposite Harrison Ford and in Indiana Jones 5. It right. feels like something that would have made it my way but didn't.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I caught a whiff of that because people were talking about, I guess, the age differences and I don't know. I mean, female lead doesn't necessarily mean romantic interest and I hope it doesn't uh, for the movie, but we'll see. But that's what people were kind of... I guess there's some formula <laughs> that you might want to know about as a... Actually, hopefully, your, your generation is fixing all this, but you'll take like half half the man's age and add 10 to it and like that's just creepy enough apparently to be allowed I don't know this is this half an article I I read you're looking at me like I'm a like I didn't create these rules <laughs> and I'll and, help fight them
1: and apparently uh, uh John Williams is returning as composer
0: All right well that's cool
1: I enjoy hearing that and here's another thing apparently Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa will not be in the third Creed movie.
0: I did not see the second Creed movie. I did see the first and liked it. Is he in those other... I don't remember,
1: though. I, I think he's in the second one. I think the second one is him fighting Drago's son.
0: And then, does Rock, is Rocky in the first one? He is, right? That's part of the story. Is like he's trying to recruit him to write, to fight? Yeah, part, part of the story. He's
1: too? He's in the training role.
0: Okay. And so he's probably in the second one, then two, and then he's not gonna be in the third one, which probably sounds uh, for the best.
1: Although, honestly, I don't, I don't know if that's accurate. The, the, the article I'm seeing is from SlashFilm.com.
0: I can't make fun of that. It might be completely legitimate and awesome.
1: Well, I, I don't know if I've heard of that before. It could be, I guess, but that seems a little crazy that I'm, I imagine it may, that may come to be
0: inaccurate in the future. Yeah, it might, it might be. All right. But, never right. My know, level of care about that is pretty tiny. What about yours? Like, you? Is, no, I don't care is at that all. Radar?
1: I don't care at all. But that feels like news. That Rocky, a Rocky not being in a movie in the Rocky franchise, seems like in a in the normal non twenty four hour entertainment news cycle world, that's something I would hear about without having to look for it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I hear that. That makes sense. Uh, but
1: anyway, the main the main thing we're here to talk about, and it's not something we usually talk about but i thought might be interesting is so we had two pretty big stories this week involving government involvement in the arts either through uh censorship or um propaganda there so is uh china's film authority orders all cinemas to screen propaganda films at least twice a week and italy abolishing film censorship
0: and so where, where did you find these articles
1: no, they're both they're both from uh, they're both from Variety.
0: Okay, so a very reputable entertainment news source. Yes. Well, that's interesting. Kind of they're going in polar opposite directions. Tell me more. Um,
1: oh, well, the, the China the increase in propaganda films has to do with uh, the 100th anniversary of the founding of the Communist Party coming up, July 1st. So they're making it a uh, a large celebration. There's more and arts related things and just movies are a part of this, but there's also increase in propaganda films and obviously they're not calling it propaganda films.
0: <laughs> right. Like right. for them, it's, they're celebrating yeah. uh, the hundred uh, of the communist party.
1: Yes. Yeah, so there's supposed theaters are supposed to, they're supposed to run it very well. There has to be, there's supposed to be a lot of people coming to see them. And yeah, that's all right. And what's Italy doing? Italy is, and now this, from what I'm reading, and I, I don't all I know is what the articles tell me, uh, is that it's it's mainly a symbolic thing. Like film censorship, really doesn't terribly exist in Italy. Too much. I think the two two the most recent case was in 1998, which had something to do with the uh, the church not wanting it shown. Okay. Uh, I remember the two major films and cases that were uh, censored is uh, Salo or The 120 Days of Sodom. Okay. I can see
0: why that would be just the title alone. It's the radar screen as (laughs) as far as that goes for the church.
1: Yeah. And I think that's like, that's supposed to be, that's on the Criterion collection. I've heard of that before. Oh, okay. There's a lot of jokes about that movie and how. uh, I'm sure. Gruesome it is because it's about torture. Okay. Wow. It involves eating of feces. Hell yeah. Alright. There you go. And then there was uh Last Tango in Paris. Uh, was another yeah. movie this article brings up as being a major censorship one. And I guess the the art, the main thing the variety article brings up is not really censorship based on uh like the government not wanting something out there. It's mainly just based on like gruesomeness. I remember um uh Clockwork Orange was banned from theaters like a couple weeks after it's... uh, This is not... I think in in Europe it was banned.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a 1960s film, right? I think so.
1: Yeah, but I was just bringing another case of like... Not really based on attacking of any government organization, but more based on like the the content it shows. So now they're doing more of like a self-regulation type of thing. So they'll... uh, education experts and animal rights activists overview the film. Just to you know, see if it's not showing anything that shouldn't be shown.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I would have to know, really know more to kind of even feel like I understand or comment.
1: Here, under the new decree, film distributors will self-classify their own movies based on existing audience age brackets such as over 14 or age 12 plus if accompanied by a parent and over 18 or 16 plus accompanied by adults. Subsequently, a new commission of film industry figures as well as education experts and animal rights activists will review the film's classification.
0: Okay, so it sounds like our like motion picture rating system MPAA or something like that, I think. You know, when you see the trailers in front of movies, you know, it's so like this movie has been rated, you know, whatever, R, PG-13, you know, NC-17, X. Kind of thing. That's what it sounds like. I'm surprised. I wonder if they've... This is a change to something they already had, or this is a new thing for them. I don't
1: know. I, it does say existing age limits.
0: Okay. All right. Interesting.
1: So, yeah, I thought that'd, be, uh, thought that'd be a good thing to bring up. It's like, see, I saw the articles right next to each other.
0: Yeah, right. The, the, and
1: they're about very different things. Like, I guess the opposite cases: an increase in propaganda and a removal of censorship.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Right back to back. That is interesting.
0: What are we? uh, What are we here to talk about? Uh, Our big topic, I guess.
1: The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Old the Birdman and Arm Man. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Birdman and Arm Man. Detachable Arm Man, apparently. Oh yeah. Uh, What Uh, did you think of
1: spoilers for the episode? By the way, the episode is called "The Whole World Is Watching," like that chant in Trial of the Chicago Seven.
0: Oh yeah! Nice, nice, good segue.
1: The episode is uh, directed by Kari Skoglund, who is the series director. Uh, the writer for this episode is Derek Kolstad. The show itself was created by Malcolm Spellman. The character of the Falcon was created by Gene Collin. The characters of Bucky Barnes and Captain America were created by Jack Kirby. The character of the Winter Soldier was created by Steve Epting and Ed Brubacker. What did you think of the episode?
0: I really liked the episode, and I'm hoping to discover as we when we talk about it exactly why. Because I remember when we ended this episode, I was like, this is the best episode they've had. I really dig it. I know I know some things I liked about it, but also want to uh, talk to you about it and see. Uh, I already kind of mentioned one moment that I thought was really cool, that detachable arm thing uh, in that fight scene I thought was great. Uh, but overall, yeah, I really liked it. I liked, uh, I liked where it's going. I liked the, um, what I think or might happen in 5 and 6. And yeah, I thought it was great. Action-packed, poignant, uh, good character development. And fun.
1: I really, I really, really love this episode. This is definitely my favorite so far. I think my favorite parts of it were the the development of uh, John Walker and the development of Carly Morgenthau. Yeah. They really do. I don't know. They're really making those characters relatable and interesting, especially John Walker. I am really loving the character of John Walker.
0: So, uh, let's talk about that scene where there are all sorts of vials of the super soldier serum laying about. And he picks up one, puts him in a pocket. I had no idea that outfit had pockets, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I I think in one of the action scenes, he pulls out a gun.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> so I think there are receptacles for carrying things. When I saw
0: him pick it up, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, where is he going to put that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a skin-tight suit, practically. Yeah,
1: I think there's little, 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 little flaps, little cargo pants type thing.
0: <laughs> so he, you know, we, he takes it, picks it up. Then we don't see him take it. And I thought that was an interesting... Like, we don't see him actually inject it into himself. I thought that was an interesting choice. And then we find out later in a fight scene... That he has taken him because he's got superhuman strength. I thought that was a really cool way to do that.
1: Oh, yeah. And there are two pretty great scenes in this episode, I think. The one is where uh, John Walker's talking to his sidekick, who I know has a name. <laughs> I think it's uh, Lamar Lamar Hoskins, the, I believe. Battlestar, right? Yeah, or, Battlestar. That's the name I'm Captain thinking American of. Captain American Battlestar. Yes. Or, uh, and talking about like, would you the the contrast between Falcon and Battlestar, and the the would you would you take the serum, and Falcon immediately says no, and Battlestar immediately says yes. So that kind of whole scene, they're talking about how the feeling of powerlessness, and the how how many more people they think they could save if they have that power.
0: Right. But I mean, like, it's a it's a it's a fun kind of philosophical uh, or ethical. Or political uh, conversation, right? Yes, it does. What about you? What do you what what, what, do you, what would you do? I feel like I
1: would take it because, like, you could, I mean, you could do more. I don't know if I, I trust myself to. Uh, there was this one where he's, where uh, Captain America is throwing the shield, or this this version of Captain America is throwing the shield, and it like breaks through the wall. Any, like misses like i feel like i would do that every single time yeah. there'd be so many <laughs> civilian casualties from me just missing with the the shield and the super strength
0: well it's it's interesting uh to me that to the debate and i think what Battlestar says to captain america you know is that it would ju- it makes you more of what you are and they say that about uh alcohol like drinking too much alcohol, that kind of makes you more of who you are, but I think that's not always the case. And they find they say with power, like any kind of power, like it, like you just kind of exaggerates what you are. So if you're a good person, maybe you can go off and do good things, but if you're not, or you have these defects that all of us do, you know, it could be it could be rough and bad. I don't know whether I would take it or not. Yeah, if I, especially if I was in there. I mean, their situation as like I'm a military leader. I just got beaten up you know, by a I'm, I'm by, my my fa- I'm facing a tribe of super soldiers, right? That's who I'm against, really. Yeah. And the flag smashers. And I can't even beat um I don't think the Wakanda uh, warriors are not they don't have special powers, do they? They just have incredible training, right? And they're you know yes, gifted. And I believe they're called warriors.
1: the Dora Milaje. Okay. Is their kind of a militaristic organization.
0: So they just he like kinda can't defeat them I mean that situation would be incredibly hard not to take the the serum.
1: yeah and I think they do a good job of uh, making us understand where John Walker I know every every villain is kind of thinks they're doing the right thing but I think they're doing an especially good job with Walker and kind of getting us uh, onto his side when they talk about the 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 medals of honor he's received right and kind of for his for his uh work in afghanistan and it didn't feel right and this feels right and how many more people he could have saved there if he had the super soldier serum i, I think that seems really really impactful
0: yeah i think so too i thought it was really well done and they you get you get a glimpse of that there possibly was a dark side to kind of what they did in afghanistan which makes sense because it's war i mean it's gonna be rough you know um i thought that was pretty cool like yeah, this is I'm clearly the good guy. I'm clearly doing good guy things, and if I had the serum, I can be even more powerful to do good guy things. Yeah, but then does he do good 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 guy things? He's trying. He's
1: trying. He's <laughs> trying. Mister the <laughs> Mister Me seeks thing. Uh, another scene I wanted to point out is when they're in the uh, the graveyard and kind of stashing, getting their their stash of the Super Soldier Serum. When Carly's talking to. Yeah, the other flag smasher and the the one who dies by the end that conversation about looking up to Captain America and kind of a similar conversation about what power uh does to you and how th- the he believes that Carly should be in that role of Captain America role right the belief that uh, that people can can be good and it speaks to the um kind of the ending of this where we see the the all the phones and how is that going to affect people's uh, perception of the this this role
0: so we didn't we don't actually see the body after he Oh, uh, can I can I say
1: one yeah, thing? yeah. Uh, the listeners if you're hearing a little bit of music in the background
0: I'm starting to hear it again
1: too Um, we don't know why that is <laughs> I think I think it's that our we're wearing headphones right now and we also hear it and we take them off we don't hear it so I think it's just the microphones or maybe more sensitive than our ears are and we have construction, so I think the construction workers may be listening to music, and our extra sensitive microphones may be picking it up.
0: Yeah, and it's just one mic that it's getting it to. So it's I don't know, maybe that's a it's super crazy. Mic.
1: We we spent like thirty minutes trying to figure it out. We came <laughs> eventually. We came to the conclusion that we're they're just little people living in our walls I playing music. Didn't to say
0: anything because I thought I might be just going crazy. <laughs> so we just saw the father. I, we, and I was like, well, this could be it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. So yeah, we. We don't know what that is, yeah, so hopefully
0: you, you guys can hear it. and we'll stop talking about it now because they probably can't.
1: All right, continue
0: I don't remember what I was going to say
1: i I brought up uh power and oh, I brought up the the um effect it'll have
0: Oh, yeah, I was wondering exactly, so that ending kind of of the, the episode involves you know Captain America
1: looks, get the, the title the whole world is watching
0: yeah, it looks like he's killing somebody, perhaps decapitating. I don't know. Like I don't we don't see the body, do we? Like afterwards or do we?
1: No, we see a very cool shot of the I'm sure that's taken from a comic panel with the the bloody the shield as he's standing up. Oh, yeah, out.
0: that did look pretty cool. Uh so yeah, that's I'm, I'm I'm I that was shocking, right? Captain America would never do that. Not yes. Steve Rogers.
1: And it's more than just I'm sure he's killed people. I mean, he was a soldier.
0: Right. But he's got a guy who's down, like he's defeated, right? Yeah. So it's a whole different... Yeah, I'm sure he's killed people, uh, even in the Marvel world. You know, you... Yeah. I'm surprised they killed Battlestar, just based on the fact that he does have a comics kind of life beyond this show, right? Yeah, although Is I think Carly he's kind of... Or do you think he's actually dead, or, or no? I, I hope tell he's
1: actually either. dead. There was, when they when they showed his dead body laying there again, it kind of made it seem like there was a possibility of him still being alive.
0: Yeah, that was a cool moment, too, in the fact that, like, when... It's weird, because you have these fights. Like, accidents are going to happen. You know, in real life, people get really, really hurt all the time in a fight that on TV would be nothing, and they'd smile and laugh about it afterwards. So it feels like there was a line crossed that, you know, Carly Morgenthau did not mean to cross by killing Battlestar. But and I liked it how when that happened it was definitely like boom all silent, oh my goodness this is all this is a this is a little bit too far and things have definitely escalated. And I thought that was a cool moment storytelling wise. Yeah, that that scene is was just so
1: awesome to me. It was just chills when watching it on the TV, and how like everyone else is uh, just running away and leaving when kind of seeing what there's the, the awareness that a line is crossed and there's also a little bit fear in knowing that John Walker is going to respond with equal or more force.
0: Exactly. So
1: it's kind of like, and even our, even Falcon and Bucky are just out of there. Right, Cause they, they, they know that he's going to go, uh, go crazy. Yeah. He's going to go hit a guy with a shield in front of a bunch of people with cameras. And even though he's aware the cameras are there, not stop.
0: Yeah. I, um, uh... I was a little disappointed in the fact that that's how Baron Zemo kind of gets away. You know, like, we're so busy fighting ourselves, and he just kind of trundles off. But, I don't know. I'm not sure I could have come up with anything better.
1: Oh, yeah. and, uh, and Last week, uh, I brought up how I didn't feel like Zemo had enough power. And I, I will say, that last episode, I did feel. This episode, I did feel he had some power. So, what did some they, some they do to, to uh, the, um,
0: make you feel that? How do they I kind
1: of felt that I felt as more manipulation. I was able to, to get to the kids how he's doing better than our heroes are mm. and kind of him telling like those, those people don't trust them to the enemy.
0: What is his end game in this? You think like, cause he wasn't planning. Surely he's not the, I forgot the nickname, the master, whatever it's called. Come on, man. The, the big bad that we don't know who is the power broker the power surely he's not the power broker manipulating all of this from behind this prison like that's not believable even for marvel no i think his
1: end game which also they make seem very kind of in the right when he talks about the supremacy
0: right how if you have like a serum like this it it is inherently then elitist and supremacist
1: yes which is another like statement about what power it's another statement about power. This episode is all about power. Right. Um, but. I think, what was I? Oh, you talked about what's his end game. I think his end game is just to, to stop this. So he kind of does. He's under the impression he's destroyed all the super soldier serum. But I think his, there's one, there's what he wants to do. And also he wants to survive to be able to do it. So he wants to escape and not get caught. And he, he kind of keeps that leverage. He doesn't want to return to prison because I guess... The work is never who over. The work is, <laughs> who would? And the work is never over. And I think once he sees his new target is going to be uh, probably John Walker. Yeah. Now that he now that this video probably goes public and he sees that he has the super soldier serum, that's going to be the, the target. And one thing that I, I've, I've heard this brought up before that makes Zemo kind of this interesting villain is he's not just in Civil War-like. I'm going to destroy the Avengers and like, Oh, I guess I I failed. I guess I no longer want to do that. (laughs) Like I'm not like a muhaha villain. Like even if he will continue trying to achieve his goal, even if he's not facing our heroes. So I hope he does go after us agent because of that belief in supremacy. Right. He, his end game stays no matter whether he's facing our, our heroes or not. He doesn't like just, uh, just give up on his goals if he's, if once he's defeated by our heroes.
0: Right. Like he would, he would do this whether there are Avengers around or not. Like this yes. So it,
1: it's, it shows that he has a purpose other than just to face our heroes.
0: Yeah. I kind of dig that. Like, and we like villains that have uh, their own moral code and that are uphold are upholding that as they see fit, you know, doing the best they can under their, under their given circumstances. I think it's, yeah, he's a cool villain it was a cool film what do you think the uh what do you think the government's gonna do what's gonna be a reaction from like the united states government as far as having captain america or if they're gonna back him and be like okay yeah he was fighting a terrorist and this is what it takes i think
1: he's gonna go rogue i think he has to to fulfill that the, the u.s agent comic book role
0: okay is that what happens in the comics
1: I don't know if that's what happens in the comics, but in the comics he's definitely not a government-backed hero. So I think at some point he has to go rogue and become U.S. agent, not just Captain America, because I I don't imagine he he makes it out of this, this series, at least in major involvement in other parts of the franchise. So I think he's in the next, I guess, two episodes we have left of the show, he's going to get into more of that comic
0: book role. Right. We saw Agent Thirteen again briefly in this, right?
1: Oh yes, um, and I'm now almost. I'm now very confident that she's the power broker.
0: Yeah, I, my guess is you're right about that. And what is that? And so far, the power, what, what has the power broker done?
1: Um, hire the the scientist to create these. He he is the there the person responsible for the. Uh, the reemergence of the super soldier serum.
0: So does that in, in Marvel's view and in your view, does that make her automatically an antagonist and evil I or no, or can it, or can it be,
1: I imagine she is going to go in an antagonistic direction.
0: I I think that I find that pretty cool.
1: Yes. And here's Could another thing maybe, that, like to see that maybe wonder do that is where, uh, they're, um, they're asking her to help out and kind of track the Flag Smashers. Asking them to track the Flag Smashers or asking them to track U.S. Agent? I don't know. Okay, I can't remember. But where she's like, yeah, I have access to a couple satellites. I was like, yeah, like you have. Yeah. Uh, so that, make, that makes me more so think she's the power broker. Because like, right. oh, yeah, I'm just um, I'm on the run in Madripoor. I have access to a couple <laughs> satellites.
0: I can't find my keys. Will you will you <laughs> check out your satellite and see if we can find where I left them? <laughs> um. oh, so That's cool. I, I, I dig that storyline. I think that'll be a fun kind of culmination. It's well, um, not even one satellite, too. It's a couple satellites. <laughs> I got a couple of satellites.
1: I feel like everyone in the comic book world has a satellite.
0: Well, you know, I think they're really handy to have.
1: I think Star Labs has like seventeen
0: satellites. Oh yeah, they would. Space is like people
1: in in comic book world worlds. Like space is just populated by like any minor villain, like satellites (laughs) or corporations. Here's your
0: evil suit. Here's your satellite. (laughs) Here's here's the hero who'll defeat you. yeah it's like villain orientation
1: <laughs> exactly uh I mean, by, by the way like even like even if she's the power broker like the madriporian mob, mob boss crime lord has the satellites <laughs> like he's like giving them out for free
0: exactly i think we'd be surprised at the number of satellites that are up in our atmosphere that we're not aware of we probably would but that's a different podcast that's your conspiracy theory podcast. <laughs> Coming to you on Monday. Uh, what else do you want to say about this episode? Any predictions for the next two or how they're going to dole out the storytelling? Do you think we'll have like another kind of flashback scene filling in some gaps? Oh, yeah. Can or, we talk about that
1: flashback scene again? Yeah, cool, And how great that was? Yeah. And uh, Wakanda's kind of involvement, we did not even dress wakanda last podcast i don't think
0: no we didn't we were, it was like the bonus scene or the end kind of thing and we did not talk about it whatsoever well
1: i don't think it wasn't in scene if that's what you mean
0: i just meant we didn't talk about it and it was at the end of the show okay that's what i meant
1: so yeah it's cool that that uh, that first scene was like i mean that was really good <laughs> <Like I've laughs> what seen did a you lot like of, about it a lot of appreciation and kind of just how emotional bucky gets
0: yeah, we got to see his kind of journey a little bit. That's pretty cool.
1: Can I talk about one line involving the Wakanda thing? Of course. That you made can. me question. It? Is it like um? I think it's the dura The let me pull up. Let me pull it up. Give me one second. The Dora Milaje have jurisdiction wherever the Dora Milaje find themselves to be.
0: What about that line?
1: I don't think that's that's not. That's cool as I think they want it <laughs> yeah. to be like there should definitely be extradition laws. Governments shouldn't just be able to go wherever they want and take whoever they want.
0: Yeah, that's very rem- reminiscent of uh, the you, have, you know, the vendors talking about, the, you know the vendors were extra governmental you know, they can go anywhere and do anything, right? Yeah. And that's one of the things the United States government was concerned about.
1: Yeah, but I was like so Hark is back and to I feel like that, it's even different because like they are like a government force, I believe.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we're taking the Wakanda's come out in public as being who Wakanda is,
1: I, I don't, just I don't think right? they've come out in in public as full. Well. Because I remember, I'm trying to remember that scene in Black Panther. where like, well, what could possibly could Wakanda offer? Like, so I, I don't know if the government's completely aware of Wakanda's Wakandanness.
0: I gotcha. But yeah, if, if they're normal, yeah. But that's what, I mean, I think the governments do that. I mean, I think, more, it, was, I think it was more less of a, uh, a political statement about what the government of Wakanda can and cannot do outside of its own country and more of a, we're here, it's our jurisdiction, we're going to kick your butt.
1: No, I knew gotcha. that, but yeah, I was yeah. also thinking that maybe you should question, maybe it should be more of a. Maybe
0: you should question your authority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. All right, let's talk about what we think might happen in, in five and six. Um I
1: don't know, there's a lot I know I I do believe that Zemo's new target is going to become US agent. Okay. And I possibly like Bucky. As well, if he's continuing with that uh that anti super soldier serum ideology.
0: Yeah, there was some kind of wasn't there some kind of weird moment where like, well what you do would you get Bucky? And everybody's like, Yeah, maybe he would. Well yeah. Or, right. I think the
1: answer is of course he would.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Can't kill Bucky, he's my favorite character.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's not going to yeah. be like that. He's like, I, w- I would kill you if I could kill you.
0: All right, so he's going to gather his resources and try to find Carly Morgenthau and try to find a U.S. agent? Well, I think it really, it maybe he's what's gonna I, don't, I U.S. Don't, agent.
1: Yeah, I don't think Zemos maybe even cares about the Flag Smashers even more he's under the impression he's destroyed all the super soldier serum and he ha- i guess he has destroyed all the super soldier serum that the flag matches have access to well actually no never mind sorry i forgot that they are already super soldier yeah
0: there's like how many of them are there now i know they're kind of dying off a little bit but are they like three or are they like 30
1: i think they're closer to 30
0: Okay, so yeah, that's got to be...
1: And the Flag Smashers itself were gaining more members, but I, I, I imagine it's only the original few that have the Super Soldier serum. Right. Because I guess that was, that was why they had so much Super Soldier serum left, is to give to more recruits, more
0: people. That makes sense. All right, so he's going to go after them, we think. what? Um, what's and I the, think
1: U.S. Agent goes rogue.
0: I like that. Well,
1: that makes sense. And be, really becomes... U.S. Agent. Okay. And I hope. I guess it also depends on whether Lamar Hoskins is still alive or not.
0: Yeah, I hope has, he's so. not. You hope he's not because that'll because the, that then isolates U.S. Agent, and so he's going to fully embrace his thing. Yes. Yeah. Or it could be a yeah.
1: Look, I feel like that would be like an like awkward air coming out of a balloon saying it's like oh i'm alive just kidding
0: <laughs> don't don't be completely evil i'm alive <laughs> yeah, yeah i wonder i'm yeah i'm curious to see i'm curious the reaction uh, i'm curious what kind of cliffhanger we'll get at the end of episode five to set us up for six
1: i, st- I still don't think carly is uh is gonna go full evil Flag Smashers. Yeah. What did you think about the phone call between her and... Well, one, I was wondering, how did she get her phone number? How does she know all that?
0: I, f- You know, clearly, probably with the satellite they gave her when she got out of orientation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how would you do it? <laughs> yeah, they also
1: give the, the contacts to the, yeah, all Yeah, the- so
0: she clearly, yeah, has you know i'm glad they didn't show us the scene though of somebody in a like a dark like whole cave or something like with a laptop going like, all right i've got her information pulled up you know, <laughs> i'm glad they just skipped that though cuz that's probably how right yeah uh, but good question but i like that conversation it was cool we brought in again race more inequality so yeah this episode is about power inequality
1: but like also i know she explains that like that she wasn't really going to hurt them but like, if I was Sam, I'd be like, "Like, I, I told you to, co- I told you to come alone." It's like, you know, you just threatened my family. I don't care
0: <laughs> right, exactly.
1: about anything you say anymore. I'm gonna beat you up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, I was. Li- I like her character, Carl Dumongenthal, and I like uh, the actor who, who plays her. Um, so I, it's, that's her. The scenes with her in it are usually pretty interesting and good to me.
1: Yes. Uh, all right. So I'm, I'm really happy with what they did with the villains, and now you there's another thing that you brought up uh, in the last podcast is how you do not see either John Walker or Falcon leaving the show without the super soldier serum. So obviously we see John Walker get the super soldier serum, but it almost confirms that uh, Sam Wilson will not. Yeah. that's, that's,
0: That's what they set the moral. Like you're bad if you get it and you're good if you don't. And so, I mean, I'm sure the debate will be, and this is a scene I imagine that we could see, and maybe hopefully maybe we'll come up with something better, but a situation where Sam can take the serum and is put in a position where he really needs to take the serum, but then doesn't. Yes. You know, I, I, I can see that kind of ending or that kind of moment coming up. But that also feels very obvious, and Marvel's been pretty great about not being obvious. You know, they, they're continually surprising me, at least. But, you know, that's not all that hard to do.
1: No, <laughs> no, it's not. We're not the most, like, we're not the most uh, intuitive television watchers. <laughs> no,
0: probably not. Uh, awesome, man. Anything else we want to see or say?
1: Um, how do you think this ends up with Wakata?
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna see more Wakandans come in to save the day at the very end. That could be one thing. Uh yeah. I mean
1: they're I imagine they don't care terribly much about the flag smashers.
0: Well they're they got a flag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they got a flag to be smashed.
1: And I guess the flag smashes are pretty simple, similar to uh why like, Killgrave? Nope. Kill <laughs> yeah. Killmonger. Killmonger, Killmonger, yeah. So they're pretty. So they're they're pretty. I imagine Killmonger would be involved in the flag smashers if the flag smashers existed and Killmonger was still alive.
0: I would think so too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be curious because right now they're basically just there for Baron Zemo because he killed the father of their country, or not the father of the country, but their king. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they the entire country. They <laughs> he birthed all of them. <laughs> Well, he did not. Birth.
0: I meant that more in the uh, you know symbolic sense, like George Washington. Um, but yes. Yeah, well, so he didn't he found the country either. That's why I changed it from Father of my country. That's why that's why I wasn't right. <laughs> that's why. I, that's why I said no, not that. <laughs> <But> they're king. <laughs> so so that's why they're there now. So will they, if asked, will they help in furthering to get other bad people? I don't know. What do you think is going to happen with the Wakandans?
1: I imagine there will be a scene where they kind of come and, and save the day.
0: Yeah, or at least prevent, like, like save somebody's death, but then maybe not be the whole reason why somebody, why they win the war kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, not the ultimate force that wins, but, like, the force that comes in to save the day to let somebody else then win. Yes. We'll, we'll see.
1: We'll see. We got two more weeks. And I'm, I'm trying to think of like who makes it out of the show. I don't mean like dying, but who, who is going to be a, a main figure in the Marvel Universe after the show? Because I'm trying to think of the slate coming up after this. And I know there's like years and years we don't know about. But like, is there a place for Zemo? Is there a place for John Walker? I'm hoping John Walker makes it out of the show and continues to be involved because I really like their character. Ah, cool but what i always, do you want
0: to see him team up with as far as as being an antagonist or do you want him to be turned back to good
1: i don't want to be turned back to yeah, good i, I think want he to be cool I think he will be. it's kind of part of the fun of the boys is like waiting for homelander to lose it
0: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> exactly what what that's pretty pretty funny and good um All right, cool. Well, uh, why don't we wind it up for this one? We have two more weeks of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Sure. We'll be talking about both of those episodes. Uh, What are you reading? You finished something, didn't you? Uh,
1: Yeah, I finished the Ebert book.
0: All right. So this is Ebert's Great Movies, Volume 1? Yes. And does it make you want to see any of those movies? It makes me want to see
1: every single one of them.
0: Outstanding. We should try to do that and talk about them. On this year podcast. This here
1: podcast. <laughs> I don't know if we can get sued. I think
0: we just had a letter, a cease and desist letter delivered to our mailbox on a Sunday because we did that. <laughs> from Grierson and Leach. <laughs> All right. Uh, I finished a book, too. I'm still, I think I already talked about those. So, uh, yeah. So, I'm reading uh, Angel's Game and still loving that. But I haven't read a lot in the last few days. So, I'm going to read some later today while I sit on the couch and watch The Masters. Because... It's a tradition, unlike any other. It is. It's a, a master's it's in a my mind. living room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. That
1: and like a... Nope, I was about to make a joke, but that was a Wimbledon joke <laughs> about the strawberries and the cream. Oh, yeah,
0: that'll be, that'll be you know, July. I think it's July. I mean, the COVID may have changed the schedules. At any
1: rate. Yeah, it'll be July. We'll be eating some strawberries and cream and celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Communist Party. <laughs> I brought not, it back. They're
0: not mutually exclusive, I suppose. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, until we meet again, day de day go on Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Serzier and Antoine Horan. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email. A a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.